from South Carolina Public Radio. This is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on January 20th, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. And a programming note. We regret to inform you that South Carolina Public Radio is rescheduling its 50th anniversary open house and with it, our first live taping. That's right, our open house is canceled this month, but please stay tuned. We have a new one coming. We'll tell you soon. It's a little bad news, but we got some, well, we got some news for you. Let's just say that. <laughs> this episode features a look at what's moving in the state house this past week. We have parts of the first House Freedom Caucus-inspired floor fight, and we hear from the Republican leader about his thoughts on how 14 Freedom Caucus members decided not to caucus with the 74 Republicans in the chamber. We have a 2024 watch with the latest hubbub around Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. We hear from Senator Lindsey Graham, who was on the ground in Ukraine, and the case he's making for greater military spending and weapons for the country that has been fighting the Russians for nearly a year. And the lead loves to hear from everyone, even if they are robots. Uh, We'd love to hear from folks. That's why we have a voice mailbox set up. But you have to call. We want to hear from you. 803-563-7169. Give us your opinions, hot takes, questions you want answered, more things you want to hear on the pod, less things, etc., etc. We can only find out if you call 803-563-7169. Now, for the latest in South Carolina... Currently, the spread of COVID-19 remains high according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. For the week ending January 14th, DHEC reports that there were 7,845 cases of COVID-19, a decrease of 30% from the previous week's average, and there were 68 deaths. Those deaths have pushed South Carolina's total death count to 19,069 since the start of the pandemic in March 2020. For the last week, on average, 533 South Carolinians were hospitalized with COVID-19 and 70 were in intensive care. Currently, 53.9% of eligible South Carolinians are fully vaccinated. Let's look at what moved in the State House and the Senate this week. On the Senate floor, debate continued all week on the school voucher bill S39. That bill would create an education scholarship pilot program for up to 5,000 students that qualify for Medicaid, meaning they're about twice the federal government's poverty level. They would be eligible to receive up to $6,000 for private school tuition. This bill is the same as the one that passed the Senate and the House last year, but died in conference committee when a compromise between lawmakers couldn't be reached. Several amendments were voted on this week, and debate will continue on Tuesday. In committee and subcommittee action, several bills were passed, including outlawing the Carolina squat. That's where front fenders are higher than the rear fenders of a vehicle. There were increased penalties for the destruction of a utility system, increasing penalties in the state's slowpoke law, a shield law for pharmaceutical companies to provide the state with lethal injection drugs, and four fentanyl bills. In the House, there was limited floor activity since few bills have made it out of committee yet and onto the calendar, though one spending bill did create quite the stir on Thursday. We'll revisit that in a moment, but here's a recap of subcommittee and committee action. Utility Modernization Ad Hoc Committee passed out a bill creating a more unified, robust, and updated SC Works program, and another fentanyl trafficking bill made it out of subcommittee. Meanwhile, several House Ways and Means subcommittees heard from agency heads as the budget process continues. 
We'll have more on that on Tuesday. Before going into session Thursday, members of the House Republican Caucus held a press conference to outline their priorities on economic development, workforce development, cracking down on crime, and broadening Second Amendment rights. The caucus represents 74 of the 88 House Republican members. Now, if you have the math smarts like I don't, you can tell that 74 is less than 88. That's because 14 House Republicans of the far-right Freedom Caucus left the Republican caucus over rule changes that they don't support. There are 17 basic rules to be a member of the caucus, but the one rule they have an issue with, apparently, is that no member of the caucus shall engage in campaign activities of any kind against any other caucus member in good standing. Now, we saw some of that at play during the 2022 midterm primaries, along with the use of votes on amendments rather than votes on the overall bill to challenge fellow Republicans in those primaries. House Majority Leader Davey Hyatt said in a statement that some people are calling these rules a loyalty oath, but they aren't. Now, I've read the rules. They're just basically standard operating procedures for any group. Now, Hyatt addressed whether the party is unified after Greenwood Republican Representative John McCravey said that the Family Caucus agenda is in lockstep with the House Republican priorities, and they are unified like never before. This was Hyatt's response when asked. This group back here that's 73, 74 strong, we believe that South Carolina has sent us down here to legislate, to make their lives better, and so we're going to move forward with our agenda today, but our doors are open for them to return at any time. The House on Thursday moved to quickly pass a $1 billion spending bill to the Senate. The bill would send $500 million from the state's contingency reserve to the Department of Corrections to pay for infrastructure like water, sewer and roads, etc., associated with approved economic development projects like that Envision AESC plant in Florence and infrastructure for the Camp Hall Commerce Park in Berkeley County that will be home to the Redwood Materials $3.5 billion battery recycler facility. Those two projects represent around $300 million, and the other $200 million for infrastructure would be for other companies that commit to projects in the state. Also in that bill, the remaining $586 million in Federal American Rescue Plan Act money that will go toward the Rural Infrastructure Authority in our state for additional water and sewer grants in small towns. Remember, the legislature approved $800 million in ARPA funds last year for grants, and there is still a $1.2 billion need in our state that this additional money will somewhat address. But tensions rose when members of the House Freedom Caucus began making amendments to the spending bill, amendments in many cases that attempted to nullify federal law, they weren't applicable, or simply didn't make sense. There were calls by Representative Josiah Magnuson that the Commerce Department does some shady deals, and he expressed concerns about more transparency for economic development projects. Greenville Republican Adam Morgan, who was over the House Freedom Caucus of 14, who eventually voted against the bill, said that there is a perception of shadiness in Columbia. Morgan got into a tiff with Lexington Republican Micah Kasky over bringing up amendments without giving others a heads up. Listen. How many people did you talk to in advance of this legislation before we got here today? Uh, quite a number of people. I'd Mr. Like Cassie, Mr. Okay. Cassie, before we get into some kind of odd debate that really might be uh, better. I think we're there. Outside of it. Well, I, I, what I mean is, before we get into back into the, before we get back into the personality stuff that we might be heading down. Well, I'm just at um, the math, I, Mr. I'm Mr. a legislator Morgan. and you are a legislator. We have every Correct. ability to put amendments up 
I, I'm not aware of any time, in fact, I'll say, I'm not aware of most amendments that get run by me or every member of this chamber. This, this, is, this is how it regularly and should operate. You can read, you've seen it, you can all read. I don't have to run by and get your, think about what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. The assertion that we have to get permission to post amendments well, on the morning. floor. I'm blown away Mr. Morgan, I, 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 I want to interrupt you to ask you, you offered an opportunity to ask you a question and I want to get to that well, because you've now put words into my mouth that don't belong there. Because suspend, what I'm Mr. Morgan, suspend. Mr. Kasky, we're going to ask one question at a time. Mr. Morgan has the floor, Mr. Kasky's asking a question, so we're not going to get into this and so let's be respectful of each other. You're not going to talk over one another. Now there at the end you hear House Speaker Merle Smith breaking up the first House Freedom Caucus argument of the session. The amendment failed, but won by Morgan to prohibit ARPA funds going to fund work by a company owned by a member of the General Assembly was later adopted. But Kasky took to the well to vent his frustration about Morgan's approach to these amendments. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I'm disappointed that we had to end that discussion prematurely in my mind because my idea, my line of questioning is to, on the, on the predicate of worthwhile comments that Mr. Morgan made, he advanced concepts and goals to which we should aspire, and he's not wrong about that. We should seek at every opportunity to provide the public with confidence in their government, and we can do that by adopting measures that will ensure transparency. He is right about that. We should not shy away from that. However, we are in a legislative body that does not require permission to be granted from one to advance legislation, but it does require working with others. And that is a concept which apparently some members of this body find foreign. It is the recipe for failure. If you want to be successful in this chamber, and we are new in the session this year, I would submit to you that cooperation and collaboration is the path forward. Surprising members with amendments at the last minute and then claiming some cloak of nobility is patently absurd and nothing but failure. If you want to be successful, and if the goals that you say you espouse are genuine, then there are ways to do that. I don't know why that it, it strikes some members as difficult to learn that, but working with others is the path to success. During all this, the longest-serving member of the body, Orangeburg Democrat Gilda Cobb-Hunter, pointed at the extreme hypocrisy over these amendments and arguments and votes for this federal money that Republicans in Congress did not support. This bill, this pot of money, ARPA, that y'all are fighting over and having absolutely no trouble spending, passed the U.S. Congress without one Republican vote. That's the first thing. If I had my druthers, y'all wouldn't get to spend one red cent. Not one. The problem you have and you're continuously cutting off your nose to spite your face. You are so partisan and so caught up with who's gonna get credit and not wanting the Biden administration to get credit. That's why we are about to drop off a fiscal cliff right now because your counterparts and Washington, D.C. think the debt ceiling is a freaking game. It's not. And so, Mr. Speaker and members, I'm just here to tell you that the hypocrisy is ripe in this room. 
and y'all ought to be ashamed of yourselves to go up, come up here and talk about putting safeguards in commerce or on commerce. The bill was sent to the Senate by a vote of 101 to 14, with all 14 against it being members of the House Freedom Caucus. So stay tuned. We got more fights to come. Speaking of fights, let's go up to Washington. House members got committee assignments this week, some big ones, too. And we start with freshman lawmaker 7th District Congressman Russell Fry, who was appointed to the Judiciary Committee. This committee will be the center of big investigations this year under the leadership of Chairman Jim Jordan of Ohio. Fry said on Twitter, quote, We will get answers for the American people and hold the Biden administration accountable. We must investigate DHS's, Department of Homeland Security's, failure to secure our southern border, the FBI's handling of information about Hunter Biden, and the politicization of the Department of Justice. Fry also got another big committee assignment, the Oversight Committee. Hmm. On that committee, chaired by Kentucky Republican James Comer, Fry said he looks forward to, quote, get answers for the American people by investigating Biden's border crisis, pandemic relief fraud, the botched Afghanistan withdrawal, our energy crisis, COVID origins, and more, quote. Fourth District Congressman William Timmons and First District Congresswoman Nancy Mace are also on the Oversight Committee. Speaking of Mace, the second-term Congresswoman also picked up a spot on the House Armed Services Committee. The news outlet Punchbowl reports that Mace and Georgia Senator Raphael Warnock will be headlining the Washington Press Club Foundation's 77th annual dinner this year. The dinner will be held on February 8th at the Waldorf Astoria in Washington. The two lawmakers will continue the long tradition of delivering lighthearted speeches as reporters and members celebrate a good cause, promoting diversity in newsrooms. Moving on, we got a campaign 2024 watch. Former President Donald Trump will be at the State House in Columbia on Saturday, January 28th, to announce his South Carolina leadership team. This will be the first Trump campaign event since the 45th president announced his third bid for the presidency following the midterm elections. Trump will be joined by Governor Henry McMaster, Senator Lindsey Graham, and other members of the congressional delegation. Yours truly will also be on hand with several friends of the pod, and we'll have plenty for you afterwards. Here's hoping it's warmer than the rally last March. Former governor and U.S. ambassador to the United Nations Nikki Haley sat down with Brett Baer of Fox News and took us up to the point where she once again flirted with the idea of running for president. Even though it's after the holidays and we're expecting an announcement from her at some point, I can't imagine it happening during the upcoming Murdoch murder trial news cycle because that's going to consume everything, folks. But we'll be here for you. Not too much Murdoch, I swear. Now, nevertheless, here's what she told Fox News's Brett Baer. Well, I'm not going to make an announcement here, but when you're looking at a run for president, you look at two things. You first look at, does the current situation push for new leadership? The second question is, am I that person that could be that new leader? That Yes, we need to go in a new direction. And can I be that leader? Yes, I think I can be that leader. I was as governor. I took on a hurting state with double-digit unemployment, and we made it the beast of the Southeast. As ambassador, um, you know, I took on the world when they tried to disrespect us, and I think I showed what I'm capable of at the United Nations. So do I think I could be that leader? Yes, but we are still working through things, and we'll figure it out. I've never lost a race. I said that then. I still say that now. I'm not going to lose now, but stay tuned. Bear also asked Haley about the answer she gave to friend of the pod Meg Kennard in 2021, that she, Haley, wouldn't run for president if President Trump ran. Here's what Haley told Bear. 
I had a great working relationship with the president. I appreciate all the foreign policy issues we worked on together. Um, but what I'll tell you is the survival of America matters. And it's bigger than one person. And when you're looking at the future of America, I think it's time for new generational change. I don't think you need to be 80 years old to go be a leader in D.C. I think we need a young generation to come in, step up, and really start fixing things. And, you know, all of that, when I said that, was before we surrendered to Afghanistan. It was before we saw this high inflation and high crime. It was before we saw drugs infesting all of our States. It was before we saw our foreign policy in disarray. So a lot has changed. And when I look at that, I look at the fact, if I'm this passionate and I'm this determined, why not me? Moving to the other side of the aisle when it comes to the campaign trail. CBS News reports that Congressman Jim Clyburn, the assistant Democratic leader and a top ally of the Biden White House, told CBS News in an interview Wednesday that he is convinced President Biden will seek re-election even though the president has not formally announced another run. Clyburn predicted that Biden would not likely face a challenger in the 2024 Democratic presidential primary race. Clyburn said, quote, I don't think he will, and I don't think he should. The history is very clear on what happens when you challenge a sitting president like this, quote. So Clyburn clearly saying there, don't bother coming to South Carolina if you're a Democrat running, unless the word president precedes your name. You got president in your name? I didn't think so. Now mark your calendars, folks, because on Wednesday, January 25th at 7 p.m., Governor McMaster will deliver his State of the State address to a joint assembly of lawmakers at the State House. And, of course, SCETV and South Carolina Public Radio will be bringing you live coverage of the address, as well as the Democratic message and reaction from lawmakers. For this next section, we're going to go global with politics, taking us right now to Kyiv, Ukraine, where Senator Lindsey Graham was on the ground Friday with Democratic Senators Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut and Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island. The trio spoke to the press after meeting with various Ukrainian government officials, including President Volodymyr Zelensky, about the continued needs of the Ukrainian people and military, including tanks and heavy weapons systems. Graham took pauses between his remarks so an interpreter could translate them into Ukrainian. So these comments may seem a little herky-jerky, but here was Graham's message. President Zelensky said, we're not asking for charity, we're asking for an investment. And here's what I tell the American taxpayer in South Carolina. The reason I'm asking you to help Ukraine is because if we do not stop Putin here, he will keep going. I'm tired of the shit show surrounding who's going to send tanks and when they're going to send them. World order is at stake. Putin is trying to rewrite the map of Europe by force of arms to the Germans send tanks to the Ukraine because they need the tanks. It is in your interest that Putin loses in Ukraine. To the Biden administration, send American tanks so others will follow our lead. When we're talking about tanks, we're looking at the M1A2 Abrams tanks from America and the Leopard 2 from Germany. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was in Berlin Thursday speaking with his German counterpart, who was just sworn into the job like an hour before, I'm not joking as part of the Ukraine Defense Contact Group, 
which is made up of defense ministers from more than 50 countries. The Department of Defense announced another $2.5 billion package in military aid to Ukraine that includes armored vehicles, but not tanks. The United Kingdom is already sending their Challenger 2 tanks, but of course operating an Abrams tank, which is driven by a jet engine, takes training and a substantial amount of fuel, which are concerns expressed by American leaders. Germany says they won't send tanks or authorize export from other European countries that have the tanks until the United States sends their Abrams. Here's Graham again. I am confident that this debacle around tanks will soon end. I could not say it any better than my friend Sheldon Whitehouse, because as Senator Blumenthal said, time is of the essence. The Ukrainians need tanks, they need long-range artillery, they need more patriots. And why do they need this? To drive the Russians out of Ukraine. And if they win, we win. If they fail, the world fails. On Tuesday's podcast, we'll have an interview with the Post and Courier's Avery Wilkes, who will be in Walterboro for the foreseeable future, covering what's being billed as the trial of the century. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. And we're glad you're here, folks. Such a small break from the news. It's a, a small break. We're we're breaking off a new one, I'm giving guys. you just this much time to take a break, <laughs> but you got to get right back to and it. I need to see you back I work. have been mainlining the news now That's that we've good. been back. Yeah, Gavin. I was putting together this podcast, and I was like, I... Uh, there's been too much news. There's this so week. much news, and yeah. it's not stopping. It's like uh, I've, I've heard word, and it's not stopping. I I just got word. I, it just came <laughs> down. The phone. They're not stopping for the weekend. And you know, me, I don't take a vacation till sessions over. Gavin, this guy hates vacations. Oh, doctors hate this guy because he doesn't take my he, vacations. He hates vacations. <laughs> uh, anyway, Gavin. Gavin, yeah. you, oh, did, hey, you didn't yeah. even, even get close to through your spiel, so... No, I didn't, because it's such a small section. <laughs> it's, it's such a small break for the news. But <laughs> help us take this small break by adding to it up to three minutes by leaving a voicemail of 803-563-7169. We may edit it for time because, this, again... One minute is small. so good. I'm going to tell everyone. Two minutes One is minute, okay. Three yeah. minutes, it better be really it, good. It better be, it you better be, be really a good, good long bit. Anyway, Gavin... Give him the phone number, by the way. Thank you. Uh, we do have a call. <laughs> you ready to hear a call? It's, I don't even know. Do we have that technology? To it's a great friend. It? Also, oh, we did want to mention this, Gavin. I did want to mention this before we listen to this call. We did get a call from a robot. A robot called us. Yes. Correct. And yes. it's hard to understand the robot. So kind of uh, defeats the purpose. I'm not me. saying I don't want to air robot talk. We will. Yeah, we support the robots. Even though <laughs> our overlords. One of my worst newses of 2022 was the Boston Dynamics robots. <laughs> yeah, they uh, got wind, and now they're calling. If they're listening, I heard we got a big AI following. Uh, please call in and be just a little bit more discernible. Anyway, if Gavin, they're listening, that's at. I'm Gavin. <laughs> Gavin is 100. He wanted me to air it regardless. I'm but. here for the robots. So uh, uh, this is uh, a human caller, or Boring. I'm assuming that this old friend of the pod it's is a human. Still, he yeah, could have this, been an AI just... psyop this entire time. <laughs> but anyway, Gavin, here we go. Our presumed human <laughs> listener. Hey, Gavin. At this correspondent, Kevin. Uh, happy belated, belated New Year. Uh, not necessarily a New Year, new me. I'm Kind of just doing my thing and, you know, trying not to eat all 
the Hershey's products. But yeah, really looking forward to this upcoming legislative session, not for any particular reason, but I just like all the political stuff. I never thought I'd crave hearing about politics and things, but thanks to the lead, that has now happened. So it makes me feel more connected with what's going on in the state, especially when start doing reports on various things and the economic stuff and everything to do with teachers and infrastructure. Uh, so you guys are doing a good job. Moving right into Valentine's Day, whatever your opinions are on that, remember it doesn't always have to be candy and flowers. It could be, you know, animals or vehicles or some type of plant product. I think that's something to always remember. Uh, anyway, you guys be good, be safe, and talk to you later. Correspondent Kevin, great to hear from you as always. Thank you for that dispatch. This is what we're talking about here. Getting <laughs> folks connected to the news. We're a community. So we're you're a family. Informed. We're a big family. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, this is how you know what's going on. I mean, I, I respect and I love our other news outlets and our friends, but they don't always get to use all the long clips that we use and have that kind of time. We the can context. use as much as we want. The so context. We, yeah, we give you that context. Uh, but Kevin, we'll, Kevin. We'll take a car for Valentine's giving Day. Giving cars and dogs is, is that is big time December to remember sales oh. event energy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like the commercial where uh, I got you this dog. Uh, I got you this car without you knowing. That's a little <laughs> crazy. Well, uh, But I like it. I'm glad yeah. that it's not fake. This is real. I think in those situations, it, it appears that there's enough money in this situation that if they're not happy with the car or truck they were purchased for, they, they got a great return. New. Don't worry, baby. We can get you another great one. Great return policy, huh? These seats are heated and air-conditioned. <laughs> the air-conditioned seats oh, yeah. is next-level stuff. Oh, tell us more about your privilege. It's AJ. like sitting on a cloud. No, an air hockey table. <laughs> and it's really good. Hover technology. I have it. My Caitlin is like, she's got... There are three possible bars on each, heating and cooling. And she's like two bars hot, I'm three bars cool. Incredible. Year-round. Your body's like, thank Year you. Year-round. It's it's loving it. It's so good. I just keep the, the heated seats on. Winter, summer. I hate that. Yeah. Keep them on. I hate that. Just fire it up. I don't like that one Speaking bit. Speaking of cars, AT. Yes. Guess who got their brakes fixed? But did you... Uh, okay, I'm glad Remember you got we were the talking like a 91,000 miles on the Volkswagen Passat. Love my little brag, baby. Brag, 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 It doesn't squeak. You saved the original, Bragging. Though, You're right? talking about air conditioning. You're behind. You here. saved the original <laughs> well, brake Well, I right? forgot to ask them to give me my originals back. Gavin. I know. Gavin. That was the whole reason Gavin. I kept them for so long. <laughs> But for the listeners and the haters specifically, <laughs> all the haters. Oh, Gavin, why didn't you reply? Why didn't you do your tires and your? These and are your, bald tires. These are bald. <laughs> Gavin, you're gonna die. Everywhere I Gavin say, goes, he gets catcalled by haters. I push things to the extreme, not to the extreme, to the to their useful. Life. You use them up. Yeah, I'm like what we were like before we started. Before we raised the gas. Gas tax. Mm-hmm. Let's see how bad we get these roads first. <laughs> Just let them go. And then maybe we'll patch that pothole. I but mean, I'm not fixing that bridge. First of all, Gavin. It can crumble, then we'll fix it. You are a man of science, Thank if you. anything. Thank and you. you're just taking this to its logical conclusion. How far is, <laughs> what's the lifespan on these brakes, okay? And I love that they about you. They weren't squeaking. You. And I'm just glad that they didn't have to do anything crazy because I was completely fearful. There's going to be like, well, we got to just take the whole tire, the whole wheel, and just redo it. $2,000. You, you need a whole new bottom of a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know, like the bottom of the car. Yeah, you need a new one. Brutal, brutal. <laughs> but yeah. Speaking of taking things to the limit, at yeah, we we're talking about racing trains. Yes. In, okay. This is gonna, yeah, I love this. So, go ahead and say it. This week, Gavin. Chase. Gavin raced a train. I had to get to the state house, and I'm always like. 
pushing it a little to the close side. Yes. Again, pushing things to the Take streams. it to the limit. But yeah. we're, we're off of um, assembly down here, Rosewood, that Rosewood intersection. George Rogers Boulevard. George Rogers Boulevard turns into assembly. Okay, I'm at the red light at Rosewood. That thing's already, already like, chugging along. Did you see you hit your NOS button? <laughs> I'm in the, fr- I got the front seat. I go. You were in the pounce. front seat of the car? I was in the front seat. I should say I was in the front. I was driving the vehicle. It wasn't a Tesla. Tesla. Um, I was in the front, um, first lane position, I guess. So I'm just, like, gunning it. Oh, yes. And, uh. You made it. Not, yeah. You're here I, to I, speak about this. <laughs> it wasn't a state vehicle. Yeah. But I, yeah, made it before the arms came down, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I was just overwhelmed with joy because I said, this way I can make it to the state house. Democracy will continue. I will say the sacrifices. that Gavin made it before the arms went down, and if anyone has ever been to Columbia, they know Columbia across Rosewood, there are no arms. No, yeah. And uh, I've cut it close Very there. visible on both sides. And any listener of this podcast knows that I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Oh, you yeah. You know? And <laughs> family. <laughs> Everything's about family. family. Everything is about saying grace. Trains. Family dinners. Trains and so trains trains are decidedly not family. No, they are okay? not. Family. I mean, we support trains and what they do for the economy. Yes. Commerce. But they, but they aren't into they don't belong in the performance family. driving. Anyway. I am into performance driving. Incredible. And there was a train. I was leaving work, right? Long slog of a day. I was driving. I saw this train coming, and I... Hit the Nas. I hit the Nas. <laughs> and I got past it by about 10 feet. Now, I want to say here, the lead does not condone... No. ...going across railroad tracks when signals are saying, don't... Yeah, you should stop. You should but stop. I was, However... I was not looking to sit for the 25 minutes that these trains take in Columbia, South Carolina. Now, I will say, last year, the House did put $20 million in for Columbia Railroads oh, God. improvements. So Thank you. we'll see. Give me some of those ARPA we'll funds, see. baby. You want to talk about transformation? Like, that's... It's, it, it's that's so where we needed. need to go. I mean, well, yeah, it snarls everything. Anyway, oh, everyone, anyway. have a great week. Tell us your train stories. Yes, we all hate them. <laughs> Everybody hates them. If anyone has a child that loves trains, have them call in and tell me what's so great about trains, please. Anyway, Gavin, say goodbye. Goodbye. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. Hit him with the credits. Hit him with the credits. Yes, that's right, folks. You can leave us a message at 803-563-7169, just like correspondent Kevin did. We would love to hear some train hot takes. We need something to talk about because the new well, it's just the news, so we need something fun. 803-563-769, and you can stay up to date with the latest news at scetv.org and southcarolinapublicradio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Let me do it for you. <laughs> oh, my God, Miss Piggy's here. <laughs>